Lunch with Pippa Hudson on Cape Talk. Join the conversation. Now, we've had dog whisperers and snake whisperers on the show before, so why not a hippo whisperer? Perhaps a hippo heroine would be a better description, though, because an entire population of hippos in southeastern Zimbabwe owes its life to our next guest. Her name is Karen Paulilo, and she is British-born, uh, has been passionate about wildlife from very early on in her life, and actually became Zimbabwe's first ever professionally qualified and designated female safari guide. Back in the early 1990s, she and her husband took on the task of rescuing a group of hippos whose lives were threatened by horrendous drought. The Turgwe Hippo Trust was born. An artificial water pan was created for them that gave them a space to wallow in the absence of rain. And the wild hippos were fed in their natural habitat until the rains finally came to relieve the situation. It's now three decades later and the descendants of those original hippos are still wallowing away happily in the Turgwe River. Uh, the Turgwe Trust is a fully-fledged NGO and Karen and Jean Roger still work passionately to protect not only the hippos but their other animals neighbours as well. And Karen's just published the most gorgeous new book of stories about their animal encounters. It's called Hippos, a Mongoose and Me. And it's so lovely to have her joining us via Zoom this afternoon. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Pippa. And it's such a pleasure and an honour to be invited. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. Me too. Thank you. Why the decision as a matter of interest to move out of taking tourists into wildlife areas and get more involved in actual animal protection? Was there a particular animal or a particular incident that was the sort of turning point for you in that move? Um, To be honest, I wanted to work with animals since I was, believe it or not, seven years of age in Mm -hmm. Britain with a father that was a vet and a mother that ran a small zoo. And my dream was to work physically with wildlife. And when I came to Zimbabwe, I was fortunate enough to be employed by a forward-thinking guy who thought having a professional safari guide as a girl would be the right way of going forward. And I was lucky enough also to pass the exam and become a professional guide. But when you deal with the public, taking tourists in the bush, it's a fantastic life. But it wasn't really what I was looking for. I wanted to work with wildlife and Mm -hmm. physically be with the animals as opposed to be with the people. Because when you're a guide, you've got to put 100% of your attention into your client. You're up at four in the morning, you're in bed at way after midnight, and your life is involving on keeping that client happy. Mm. And although you're out there in the bush, you're not physically working with the animal. It makes a lot of sense uh, what you've just described. Karen, obviously for you, the encounter with this particular group of hippos in this particular place was a life-changing encounter and one that set you on a new trajectory that was going to change your life. I've sort of summarized in my introduction the very basics of what happened, but uh, maybe just tell us a little bit more um, in more detail why there was such an urgent need for you to step in and help. If, If my understanding is correct, the water was literally drying up around these hippos and they were facing imminent death because there was nothing to eat, nothing to drink and nothing to wallow in. Is that correct? That's quite correct, Pippa. Basically, the, it was the worst drought in our neighbours' um, memory. Um, they're, they're 19 k's away from where we live. Um, and it was obvious by signs in the bush, the, the ants, how they were building and everything, that it was a severe drought. The hippos, as everybody knows, are normally rotund, happy-looking fat guys, mm. <laughs> and they were not that at all. They'd lost all condition. They were showing their rib cages. We still at that stage had a river, the Turgui, but it was it was dropping every day. 
And by the time I got involved um, and started to put food on the ground for the hippos, it was like um, three months after the rain should have arrived. It was uh, March and there was no water and there was no grazing and the river was drying out. Mm. So if I hadn't moved in, they would have had a problem. And here we are 30 years later. Now, uh, just for the record, Karen did tell the story of that original hippo intervention in her first book, A Hippo Love Story. Her latest release called Hippos, A Mongoose and Me is um, also uh, quite obsessed with hippos, I can say safely, but also broadens into the stories of the other animals around her in this incredible uh, wild space that she's lucky enough to call home. Karen, I mean, when you look, uh, before we leave the hippos behind, when you look at their offspring, and it's now multiple generations of offspring and realize they're reproducing. There is a fully fledged community of hippos that literally would not be alive today if it had not been for that intervention 30 years ago. Um, is How satisfying is that to you and your husband? It's incredibly satisfying because they've restocked other river systems. I fed and looked after and, and put the pan in with water 13, the last 13 Turgui River hippos. And to this date now, we've had 69 babies, calves. So all of those have dispersed into various other river systems, not all, but some of them. Um, A few have had natural mortalities, but they have um, restocked the entire area, which is superb. And it is, it's very gratifying in many, many ways. Now, the hippo stories in this book are absolutely fascinating in terms of the insight they give us into these animals and, you know, just the sheer volume, the volume of water and food they need on an average day, facts like and, and mis, uh, misinterpretations. Uh, for example, Karen, I've always grown up having been told that hippos sweat blood. I was quite astonished to read the particular story in this book, which tells me that's not actually what we're seeing. Won't you briefly explain for our listeners? Yeah, the the, the red... Um, liquid or like a gel that a hippo secretes at certain stages of its life. I also was led to believe as a safari guide that it was sweating, not blood, but it was some kind of sweat through whatever reasons. But having had a hippo at my back door, who's in the book, Stevie, Steve, and having seen him with the red gel all over his neck and legs and feet and under his belly, I got to know a lot more about it, and it's basically probably, as I say in the book, one of the best moisturizers I've ever touched because (laughs) you used to drip it onto our concrete back um, stoop, and when he'd moved off, I'd pick it up and put it on my skin, and I've got a lot of wrinkles. I live in Africa in the bush, but it soaks into those wrinkles. It's magic, but luckily you could never take it off a hippo because um, the hippo in himself would have to be allowing you to do that, which would never happen. (laughs) But it is there on a a stress basis when Stevie was stressed by the other, the dominant bull, Kuchek, and Kuchek wanted to take him out. Stevie would secrete this gel. When the, the river comes up in flood during the rains, the hippos secrete the gel. When in any way they're under severe stress, for whatever reason, they will secrete it. It is also a sunscreen. It has been proven scientifically. Um, But I have seen that it is stress-related, very much so. And it's not blood, but it's a very interesting colour. Fascinating. And it turns brown. It starts off pink and then goes brown. 
And that's just one of the little snippets of amazing facts around hippos and their lifespan that you will learn, including reading the chapter of the most harrowing account of a hippo giving birth with crocodiles circling nearby. I'm going to leave that one for you to discover for yourselves in the book. I did say at the start, Karen, and the, the title suggests this is a book that is more than just hippo stories. The mongoose of the title, uh, Squiggle, is no longer with you, but crept into a corner of your heart and made uh, a very comfortable home there. Not so. More so than than a comfortable home. She'll be with me forever. Um, I've had the honor of a couple of people who've already read the book. One lady in particular from Penguin, from Stuart Nature, who's just lost her dog. And having read Squiggle's story, Life and Death, she said it helped her tremendously because all of us have a love for an animal, be it a dog, a cat, a hippo, a horse, whatever. And when you bond and when you have a relationship with an animal, which is, in my eyes, far superior than any human bonding, it is it is unconditional. And when you lose them, the grief around the loss of that animal is very hard to bear. And she actually um, told me that it helped her with the pain for losing her dog because she realized she wasn't alone. And my book is not just, as you say, about hippos. It is hopefully inspirational in many of the stories about the wildlife, mm-hmm. but it is also about things that we all have happened to us at some stage in our lives, and it hopefully will help people as well. Yeah. Karen, before we're out of time, I'm so glad our listener Candice has asked this question on the WhatsApp because it's one of those common misconceptions I think that many people are confused by. Candice is asking whether you can please confirm, can adult hippos swim or not? No, they cannot. Yep. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Simple as that. And by the way, if people want to come into the launch of the book, it's mm. on Zoom with Stuart Nature on Instagram and on their Facebook page. That's great. Okay, so the book we're talking about is called Hippos, a Mongoose and Me. Uh, It is published by Straight Nature, part of the Penguin Random House staple, and you're going to find it in stores at about 300 rand a copy. So that's good to know there's an online launch. Uh, Just Google the title and Straight Nature and you should be able to find the details there. Karen, okay, so hippos cannot swim. It's a misconception that they they do. And uh, thank you for putting that to rest once and for all. Another listener asking if you've ever lost a hippo to poachers in your part of the world. Yeah, we've been dealing with poachers, which is also in the book, since 2001 with the land invasions Mm. in this area. We're still dealing with them. In the first years, it was horrendous. Uh, In the last years, the last 15, it's been much easier. Um, Touch wood, none of my hippos have been personally poached, but they they did try. And when they first Mm. moved into the area, they were putting... um, triple strand snares made with copper wire made with mining cable on every exit point from the rivers of the hippos but because we were vigilant or should I say I was vigilant and then I dragged my husband into it (laughs) we managed to get rid of the snares Um, we have since then those days employed rangers and we have six rangers and we're always out there protecting the hippos not just against poaching but natural events anything that can harm them and as my late mum said, you've got to look after what's in your own garden. So mm. I go and protect the hippos anywhere they go. And that includes all the other wildlife because we've got lion, elephant, everything in, in this area. 
and their stories are so beautifully told in Hippos, A Mongoose and Me. Karen Paulilo, thank you so much for making time to talk to us today and I hope it's going to pique the interest of our listeners to buy your book and perhaps to consider a visit to your hippo haven. Lovely to have you on the show today. Thank you very much, Pippa. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye, Karen. The book again called Hippos, A Mongoose and Me and you'll find it in all good bookstores now retailing at about 300 rand a copy.